Pablo for breakfast. People of the Pilbara. Hello and welcome to People of the Pilbara. Now this podcast series is all about you, the people of our town that make Karratha such a special place to live. And I think there's something really unique about people that come to a place maybe they've never heard of in the middle of a desert, apparently with nothing to do. But as we all know, a lot of us come for a six month to 12 month plan and end up staying a decade, like I did. (laughs) So this podcast series, we're going to have a chat to everyday people that call Karratha home and find out what they do here, what they love about Karratha and what's next in their journey. And this week's guest is Ethan Stewart. Now, Ethan is a medical student in Karratha. We find out what brought him to Karratha, his love for medicine, and the challenge he's doing this month, raising funds for the brand new charity that he has just launched. He recently also completed the Pilbara Trailblazers Backyard Ultra 24-hour run, 6.7 kilometers on the hour, every hour. And of course, he's got something else up his sleeves over the coming months. So sit back, grab yourself a cuppa, be inspired, and hear Ethan's story and his journey to call Karatha home. Ethan, welcome to the podcast. G'day, Pablo. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. Now, for people that uh, may be recognising your voice and they're like, I know that name, uh, we actually had you uh, on the Triple M Breakfast Show uh, earlier in this year because you're you're a madman. Uh, you love your running, and uh, you were the inaugural winner for the ultra, uh, the Backyard Ultra, uh, which was the 24-hour running race where you have to clock up seven, just under seven kilometres uh, every hour on the hour. Uh, last year, they did 12. This year, it was 24. You finished it. Yeah, yep. Yeah, managed to get it done, which I was pretty happy about. Um, still walking as well. Yeah, yeah, still walking. Played footy the next week. So <laughs> the body held up all right, which I was pretty happy about. So, yeah, it's, um, I'm glad to be back and having another chat with you. So mm. thank you. Uh, and what really is interesting when uh, we were having that, that chat, look, as, as far as doing those kind of runs, I mean, it's a massive, you know, it's obviously a toll on your body, but is it more a toll on your on your mind? Oh, absolutely. It, all of running and um, these endurance events is um, 90% above the shoulders. Yep. Um, it's just about trying to block that out. And, you know, like the, you don't really have too much pain in the body. Like things are sore and that, but it's more about thinking, oh, no, I've got another eight hours to go when you're feeling pretty drained already. Yeah. And then trying to get through that mental barrier. But if you can sort of push past that, then, yeah. Yep, you'll, you'll do all right. Now, you don't rest on your laurels, and we're going to jump into uh, what you are doing this month as well. But before we get to that, uh, how did you end up in Karratha? What, what brought you here? Yeah, so I'm doing my uh, penultimate year of my medical degree. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that year, they send out about a third of the cohort to rural areas. So I applied for um, Karratha and sat some interviews and was lucky enough to get sent up here. So myself and six other um, medical students have been up here since January and we've got uh, about four weeks left before we sit our exams and then we're back off to Perth. Uh, um, and did you know much about Karratha before you came here? Well, how come you selected Karratha? Yeah, so my mum actually taught up here back in the 90s for okay. about four years and spoke very highly of it. And then I also had a couple of mates that moved up here and just haven't come back. You know, the old, like, well, yeah, we'll come up for a year and then they've yep. just stayed ever since. So. Mm-hmm heard some really good things about it and I was also just keen to get out a bit more remote and see the um, Pilbara and yeah I'm really glad I have I've loved my time up here. Uh, so what sparked you to, to go into the field of medicine? Um, it's a good question 
Um, well, I was obviously quite good at science and things at school. Um, my parents are farmers, mm-hmm. and ever since I was sort of old enough to walk and talk, I knew that I wasn't going to go back to farming. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess I just started started doing yeah well at um, science and maths at school, and then um, I like helping people, so I just sort of ended up going down that route, and it's a pretty interesting field, and yeah. How do you get over like the the squirmish side of things? Because uh, I've been in, um, <laughs> I just can't handle blood, right? And uh, I faint. And yeah. I was in the hospital uh, last year um, uh, with my wife, and there was a lot of blood. And I, it was nothing to do with me. I was just there helping. And uh, I fainted. And yeah. then I ended up on the bed uh, next to my wife. How, how do you overcome that? Are some people just prone to um, fainting with, with blood? And how do you? with it are you fine with it yeah luckily i am fine with it i actually i might sound bad but i actually quite enjoy that sort of (laughs) things like i enjoy the surgery and everything like growing up on a farm we obviously butcher our own sheep and i loved that so um the the blood and gut side of things i don't (laughs) mind at all um but you are right some people just have it like a few of my colleagues they just (laughs) there's been times where they've sort of passed out in theaters and things so but at the same time you become desensitized to it the more you get used to it there's lots of surgeons that had the same thing and yeah just early on and the more you see and you just become more comfortable around it so your ultimate goal uh when it comes to medicine is there sort of I don't know how it works. There's obviously a few steps and lots of, you know, 50 years of study to get somewhere. Yeah. Uh, for you, what's the sort of the end goal for you? Oh, to be honest, I have no idea. Uh, at the minute, just get through medical school and mm-hmm. then we still have about three, maybe four years of um, junior doctor studies where we're still moving through the different rotations and trying to figure out what we enjoy. Um, I enjoy lots of different things at the minute, like surgery, anaesthetics, um, and then emergency medicine as well. Some of the critical care stuff is pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm just taking my time with it. And then whether I specialise or go down a general practice route, I'm not really sure. I'll just take it as it comes. Now, you might not be able to answer this question, but when it comes to health, obviously in Australia, we're we're struggling work shortage rise. Yeah. Right? Yeah. and you're still involved in the uni sector. Are the classes full? Like, is there the next generation of people coming through wanting to, to get into to medicine? Are we, are we going to see a big sweep of, like, new people coming into the field, do you think? Yeah. Oh, the the um, trying to get into medicine is one of the toughest courses you can get into. The um, acceptance rate is quite low. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's very strict sort of pathways and interviews, exams that you have to do to get in there. And so that that probably contributes to some of the shortages. But mm. at the same time, the classes, they've just opened up Curtin Uni, so there's another 60 to 80 students. Um, the cohort sizes at UWA and Notre Dame are getting bigger as well. So I think the main issue is more around the rural and remote medicine. In the cities, they seem to be able to um, have enough doctors to like um, service, yeah, service yeah. the system. But in the rural and remote areas is where we're struggling more. So there's been a big drive to push doctors out into rural mm-hmm. and remote areas and massive incentives to come out here as well. So I think that will start to um, kick in. Yeah, that's good. And I always think, like, whenever I go down to um, Karatha Health Campus, I mean, amazing bunch of people there. The hospital is brilliant. The staff, you know, I've never had a bad bad encounter there. No. Um, I imagine it's, it, it must be quite a cool feeling uh, working 
within that sort of field because it's kind of like its own little city, right? It's yeah. like uh, a moving yeah. organism with lots of moving parts happening all the time. Absolutely. I've really, really enjoyed working at the um, health campus this year. Um, I did some rotations last year in the um, major hospitals in the city like rural Perth and oh, Charlie's yeah. and things. And while that was good experience, but it's just not the same like collegial feel you get mm. up here and everybody all the doctors and nurses know each other and it's yep. such a good in working environment. And I think they do have excellent patient outcomes. Uh, like you said, that you haven't had a bad experience yeah. there. I know a lot of people really um, appreciate and we are quite lucky to have such a good health campus up here and managed by really experienced and um, good doctors and um, coordinators as well. Yeah. Um, now, you mentioned that you sort of selected Karatha because uh, of your your mum's advice and, and also having some mates here. So when you first got off the plane in Karatha, what did you, you think or did you drive up? How did you get it? No, no, on the plane I thought, bloody hell, it's hot up here. <laughs> <laughs> Came in in January and, yes, yeah, sweated me sweated me skin off for a fair while. But, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. The I'm a pretty social person and get involved in my sport and things. So a town like this, pretty young crew and mm. everybody loves their sport, getting out on the water and things. So that's right up my alley. And what footy team did you choose? Cats. Oh, cats. That's okay. Yeah. We accept that. We accept that. Yeah, a bit of a tough, tough ending for us, but yes. yeah, it was a great year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now let's talk about uh, what you're doing this month uh, because you've set up actually a, a new foundation, uh, Hurt to Help Limited. Uh, which is a charity based around helping disadvantaged individuals and families that are suffering through unjust circumstances. Uh, what sort of sparked you first before we get into the challenge but to, to launch this? Yeah, sure. So um, basically when I started doing the ultra marathons and endurance events, uh, I had a few people come up to me and say, oh, why don't you raise some money for things? Mm. I thought, yeah, that's a fair point. I might as well um, try and help some people out where I can by doing these things. Um, and then I just started thinking about all the charities and there's so much money that gets donated by doing these things and you don't see where it goes. Yep. And I was trying to, like all these charities do fantastic work. I'm not trying to take away any of that. But at the same time, I thought like, if I'm going to do all these hard things and raise all this money, I want to see where it goes and who it helps. Mm -hmm. So that's the main incentive behind starting Hurt to Help is that we want to connect the donors with the recipients and make it a completely transparent um, charity that donates 100% of community donations to these recipients. So, And then I just started thinking about all the tough times people go through. Like I'm an extremely privileged and lucky um, person. I've had a great upbringing and been afforded like all the um, royalties and everything I pretty much wanted. So to be able to give back to people who are struggling, who have had um, unjust circumstances for them, like whether it be medical tragedies, um, mm. accidents, things like that. And especially coming from a rural background, you see so many farming accidents, car accidents, or just like medical issues where people have got to relocate and it just takes such a big toll on not only them but the community. Mm -hmm. And so I just thought about if I could donate some money to these people to help alleviate some of that suffering somehow, then that would be pretty pretty good i think it's awesome it's a really mm. good uh cause and you're right um when you when you're doing some challenge like that it's nice to have uh that extra motivation and also somewhere where people can uh sort of gather their thanks and their thoughts and stuff and 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 dish it somewhere right because yeah. it's great to pat you on the back and, and say well done and stuff but if they, if they can also give 10 20 bucks or whatnot to it um the impact's going to be so much bigger right yeah yeah and that's yeah definitely it. I, 
I like being able to do these things to help um, other people and then it's also about um, trying to push other people to get out of their comfort zone as well like I sort of discovered running and these things around COVID times mm-hmm. and it's just completely changed the way I look at my life and um, my self-esteem lots of things so being able to like get out of your comfort zone and do these things just not only helps other people but also helps yourself as well. Absolutely. Uh, so talk about what you're doing this month because uh, I wrote down some of the stats that you're trying to do. Uh, 500 kilometres of running, 6,000 pull-ups, 12,000 push-ups and 12,000 sit-ups. That's a fair challenge. When you break yeah. that down, I'm not very good at maths, but what are we talking per day? Oh, so at the minute I'm averaging roughly 18k's a day 200 225 to 250 pull-ups and 450 to 500 push-ups and sit-ups Jeez. yeah yeah it's it's starting to take its toll shoulders? <laughs> the body's holding up all right it's the mind that might be wavering a bit <laughs> oh the pull-ups is a tough one though i yeah. mean uh uh i love going to f45 and, and and the gym but the pull-ups is one thing i'm just terrible at it's a, yeah. it's a real hard one yeah pull-ups is something that you're not natural with like mm. the hand over the bar it's not something that we're um like that comes in our everyday sort of movement. So to start off with, it's a long, slow process. But once you build up a, a good base, yep. then you can crank them out. So how so. are you doing this? Are you doing like spreading it out throughout the day? Um, Every sort half of. an hour? Yeah. <laughs> well, so I normally go for my long run in the morning, try and get about 12 to 15 k's done then. Uh-huh. And then um, go off to prac and um, uni and things. And then around as soon as I finish uni I'll go to the gym and I do six pull-ups and 12 push-ups and 12 sit-ups every minute and a half mm-hmm. and I do that for however long it takes till to get midnight. to <laughs> <laughs> no well, it works out that I can do like 240 pull-ups and 480 push-ups and sit-ups in an hour so wow. it only takes me like an hour or so to get them yeah, get them right, out right that's yeah. awesome that's awesome and yeah. was there a particular thing on uh coming up with those numbers and, and that goal um <laughs> we're just picking numbers out of a hat <laughs> oh i just I, well i sat down and thought what could i do for the month what could i realistically do and then probably added a few more on <laughs> <laughs> so we're 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 Coming towards the end of October, how, how are you tracking so far? Yeah, I'm going all right now. Um, about two and a half weeks in, I got smashed with the flu, so mm-hmm. I was bedridden for about three or four days, and I think um, I probably I learned a few lessons from that. My sleep was terrible. I was just laying in bed all night um, thinking about waking up and running and things, yeah. so that lowered my immunity and... Um, yeah, I think just so much exercise broke my body down a bit. So, yep. but after the few days off, I'm coming up, coming coming back strong. Yep. Um. So the body feels good. The body feels really good. Are we yep. going to hit the target? Yeah, we're going to hit it. Yeah. <laughs> even if, even if um. Nah, we'll hit it. We'll hit it for sure. Uh, now, if people do want to sort of uh, follow this uh, journey for this month, and also just keep keep in touch with you as far as um the charity and whatnot and maybe people want to get involved donate and and help can people apply as well for assistance how does it work yeah so we're pretty early in the setup now we're on socials um on instagram hurt help underscore and facebook hurt help limited um we don't have a website yet that's in the works um and we're 
more than happy for people to get involved. We're really encouraging for people to get involved. That's one of the um, other sides of Help is we really want people to get involved and get on board and just get out of their comfort zone a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we have our launch event in December 2nd um, back at my hometown in Narrambeen and we're madly looking for um, donors for um, things to auction off oh, and yeah. things like that. And then to make the 100% of community donations um, possible to cover the our low admin costs, we've streamlined our business um, pro, um, profile so that we don't have many admin costs, but to cover the necessary ones like every business has. Um, we're really pushing for business sponsorships, so um, yeah, to help cover that so then all of our community donations can go to recipients. Mm-hmm. So for any businesses or people wanting to get involved, just feel free to send us a message. Our email is hurthelplimited at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, we'd, yeah, we'd love to get people involved and, um, we do have our first recipient. Um, I can't say too much about that just yet, but, um, yeah, we're really looking forward to supporting her and her family Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah. So if you want to get involved, please feel free. We We would love to have you. Uh, now, lastly, what's next for you? Because you're about to finish this challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, you ran that 24 hours. I know there's got to be something on the horizon, right? What are you doing next? Yeah, there is. So, <laughs> <I knew it. laughs> so part of the reason of even doing this um, Stoic Tober challenge is to just try and get me training for my big run up next in February. We're doing the Delirious West, which is a 200-mile race from uh, Pemberton to Albany. So along the Bibbulmun track there. So, yeah, that's that's the next thing. But wow. in terms of what's next for me, finish up here in Karatha, hopefully pass exams and things. <laughs> <laughs> and then off to South Africa for um, six weeks to work in one of the hospitals over there. Oh, cool. So hopefully get a bit of hands-on experience over there and then come back and do the run. Absolutely. Well, uh, Ethan, you're a breath of fresh air, mate. And uh, I think all, all the stuff you're doing is uh, it's going to um, – be very inspirational for people watching on the sidelines and uh, hopefully they'll get their trainers and their shoes on as well and get out there and have a run. Uh, yeah. You can usually see him most of the time when I'm driving to work, he's running past uh, Hungry Jack. So, uh, <laughs> mate, appreciate you uh, coming in and telling and sharing your story. Yeah, thanks very much for having me, Pablo. It's a pleasure. From round the corner to your street and neighbourhood, this is Pablo for breakfast. Good morning.